Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Final Fantasy. Uh, this week we have the Final Fantasy 16 demo was out, and the full game releases next week. And BJ and I both played the demo and actually yeah. loved it, and we're surprised by how much we loved it. And we figured since there's no real good DQ news right now, uh, it made a good time to just talk about the Final Fantasy 16 demo and the game itself, what we're looking forward to, all of that kind of uh, fun stuff. So if you don't really yeah. care about FF16 or Final Fantasy, uh, this may not be the DQFM episode for you. But hopefully Although I will be. say, I do have to say, I didn't think Final Fantasy 16 was going to be for me either. And after playing the demo, I think it really is. So maybe you should keep listening and uh, and give it a shot as well. <laughs> Classic. Austin sends him away and BJ brings him back. Pulls him back in. It's like, come on. Yeah, the classic bait and switch. <laughs> or I guess or I guess this would be the switch and bait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so FF16 demo came out this week. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you go first since you said you were surprised by how much you like it and you really think it is for you. Um, what just what jumped out at you so much about it? So it it was it was really weird. So I went in expecting to hate this because I've not been hyped up about it ever since I found out that it was going to be a full action uh, combat system, like not even some sort of weird hybrid that they've been trying to do with like 15 or seven remake, uh, but like full action. And I was like, Oh, that is the last thing I want for a final fantasy game, especially a mainline final fantasy game. And then the, the trailer, Every trailer up to that I've seen up till this point has seemed so over the top and just almost garish in the way that it's presenting it because it's so the the entire story is based around summons and so uh, it just seemed to be taking itself so so seriously and, and it does it, and it does it does <laughs> it does like like it does it does take itself very very seriously um, but when I got in to playing the demo and I'm really glad that it was a a demo that let you play the first part of the game it introduced the characters and I got invested in those characters really really quickly I got invested in Clive and his brother Joshua almost immediately in the in the game wanting to know what's happening to them uh, the main character and his brother, and you control both of them at some point in the demo. So it's, uh, I was really surprised how much I wanted to know about the, the like personal dynamics of the characters more, even more than the overall narrative that they're setting up. Yeah. I think that was, I think that was the biggest thing for me too, is because I also was like ahead of, of 16's release, I was like, oh, I'm not really feeling too excited about this. I do love FF14. I like Yoshi P, who, uh, for our Dragon Quest audience, got his start in Dragon Quest before True. saving FF14 um, from its abysmal launch, which didn't have anything <laughs> to do with the launch, but he helped it relaunch as A Realm Reborn. And before that, he worked on DQ10 and Monster Battle Road. So, so it's nice to see a, a Dragon Quest boy make good. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what the newspapers would proclaim. It is. And, if it were 1942. Yeah. <laughs> Local Dragon Quest boy makes good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, so like, so, I, you know, I'm happy uh, uh, for 
him personally, but just in terms of FF16, that was actually what really grabbed me is the characters. And I actually surprisingly like the combat fine. Um, I would, yeah. I would definitely, I would definitely call 15 still an action RPG. Um, oh yeah. Than, yeah. More than like a hybrid or anything, but, but I, it, it had so many pauses in it and you could uh, stop the combat so much to select different things that you could uh, do a little more where it was uh, a little more, I don't want to say tactical because it wasn't, but it stopped more often where you could make decisions. And this one is just like straight up devil may cry action combat, dodging and uh, parrying and everything. Yeah. E- either way. I mean, I, I surprisingly like the combat fine. Yeah. Um, I do. I am curious to see if I get tired of smashing the square button too much because yeah. it did feel like there were times where it was just like square, 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 triangle, um, circle, triangle, triangle, circle, square, 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 circle. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I, I don't know, but I, I'm very optimistic about it. And like I, I played the demo thinking, okay, I'll see if this game is for me. I have it pre-ordered. This may determine if I cancel my pre-order, keep it, or whatever. And then I ended up really just loving it. And I think a big part of that was the characters. They do a very good job early on of just, it's a very cinematic game. I mean, there's a lot of yes. cut scenes. There's some long cut scenes. Um, like I would say probably in this demo, more of the time is cut scenes than gameplay. At least, at least half split. But yeah, it may be more. Yeah, there was just, a, there's a lot of cut scenes, but it never felt, it never felt like I was, it never felt tedious. Like there's times in, I guess the end all be all for cutscenes in JRPGs would be like Xenoblade. <laughs> Xenosaga. Um, uh, well, uh, I think, I think Xenoblade two has, has beaten Xenosaga in terms of like the actual cutscenes. I feel like Xenosaga felt longer because PS2 had like longer load times. Yeah. And you couldn't really just suspend it and do something else. Yeah. Uh, but, but I always I think, think about it as being the ones that are tedious, but yeah, yeah. Xenoblade two has a lot. Whereas those, like some of those, it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's wrap things up, people. It's been 20 minutes. Yep. Um, and like even, even Final Fantasy 14 has some really like tedious long cut scenes. Like 16s did not feel that way to me, where I just pretty much right out the gate um, felt very involved in, like, I cared what happened to these characters. And even, even some of them, um, I guess spoilers for the demo and the game so if you don't want spoilers don't listen here but even knowing that like i mean it's obvious that his dad is gonna die because in like one of the very first teasers for ff16 they showed it happen (laughs) right but but like even knowing and just knowing like the standard okay yeah the dad's totally gonna die because you know i've read a novel before (laughs) right yeah um like like even like those moments in the demo were like felt very powerful where I was like, it made me care for the dad. Even in the limited yes. time that the dad was there, I was like, Oh, I, I like this guy. He seems like a good archduke. And I really can't remember his name right now, but I was like, Elwin. he seems Elwin. Thank you. I was like, he seems like a good dude. Uh, you know, I really like him. And then, you know, when they killed him, I was like, oh, like, you know, it's coming and you, like, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I don't even it wasn't even something where I even consider this a spoiler, not only because it comes in the demo of the game, but also because you see a really nice Archduke father and you're like, well, you're dead. It's like you you vaguely resemble Sean Beam in your facial features. You are D.E.D. 
I was just thinking that like the the biggest thing that biggest criticism that I have for this game is that it's trying way too hard to be Game of Thrones. And yes. even you even see that here with Elwin. Elwin does. He looks like Sean Bean. He looks like Ned Stark, mm-hmm. um, like his Absolutely, facial features. And and even his wife looks a lot like Catelyn Stark to me. Not from the uh, TV show. Oh, Catelyn looks nothing like that in the TV show. And I don't know that I've seen her in the show now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I just I got that vibe. And also Clive is obviously just Jon Snow. You know, Ned Stark's wife hates him. Right. Yep. <laughs> just yep. like Catelyn yep. hates Jon Snow. He even has a little wolf pup um, companion. I mean, he's just Jon he Snow. And like there, there's a lot of just like Game of Thrones similarities. The opening of the demo, they totally just stole the uh, the Balrog Gandalf fight scene from <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring. It's but true. it shows like like Ifrit even looks like the, of the Balrog, and so just them falling down that like cavern, you know, uh-huh. um, like looks like Lord of the Rings. But but yeah, everything. And oh, you sent me a picture of Catelyn Stark. Yeah, I did. Um, okay. Cool. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I don't know, but I got serious Catelyn vibes from it. And maybe it's just because of reading the books and like the character could be kinda, yeah. like cold wife um, towards Clive. And so it's just like, it feels, it looks like game of Thrones. And I don't know if that, if it ever really sheds that. Um, I also think it owes a ton to final fantasy tactics and especially like tactics uh, ogre games. You think so? Oh yeah, with all the political stuff and like Duchy of Rosaria and like all of this stuff, mm. yeah, hard hardcore. Like I feel like um, even more than like FF twelve felt like a. I mean, it's evilly, so it felt like an FF Tactics a kind of successor, um, and this to me feels like that, but even more so like a like a battle ogre um, game, just with having all this like political jargon thrown in there and all this like these warring countries and and names you have to keep track of. Right. Um, Like I definitely feel like, and we know that Yoshi P is a big fan of of Mitsuda. He said that Mitsuda worked on uh, the Ivalice FF 14 stuff. Mm -hmm. And Yoshi P has talked about how much he loves those kinds of games. And I think it's very evident here because the game just goes like full out with all of this kind of like geopolitical. uh, It does. Intrigue. And everything, and I, I think that works for it too. Though I mean, I it it works. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things that got me really interested in it. I I really didn't know how I was gonna like fall in on something that was dealing with geopolitical intrigue uh, because it is very serious. That can be very long, and it's a lot to take in. But they they tended to to make it where it was bite-sized chunks. And when they introduce something, I really like the system when they introduce a new character or a new idea, or they mention something in a cutscene, you can hold the touchpad and it opens up kind of a lore library window. And it gives you like a single card that you can read that explains what that is in context. So it'll mention like the mother crystals. And so rather than having exposition have to go through like what the mother crystals are, it gives you like a, a, an information card that you can read at your leisure whenever you want to, that's not required active to be able time to, to go lore in. Is what it's active called. time active, lore. Is that what it's called? I didn't actually catch what lore. it was called. Yes. Yes. I like it. 
Like, I wish that other games had that because games like Final Fantasy 13, one of the things that put me off of it initially was that you had this whole lore compendium, but it was just populated and it was just huge and it wasn't contextual at all. And so this being contextual like this and not in huge like encyclopedic entries was really, really useful for me to uh, not feel like I was breaking out of the game and just reading a backstory for a video game. I've used it a little bit. I like, I mean, I think it's a cool feature and yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Like much better than keeping all this stuff in the menus like FF 13 did. The one time I used it though, funnily enough that I kept trying to use it was to find out if Jill was Clive's sister or not, because they look alike. They have like the same color they hair do, and, she's hanging, and she's hanging out with Joshua and Clive so much and i was like that's weird because i thought they were supposed to be like childhood sweethearts and there's even a cut scene that seems kind of romantic between them uh-huh. and i was like all right active time lore tell me because i need to know because i can't tell if they're sisters if they're brother and sister siblings or uh-huh. if they're like romantic or what or like how she fits into this because they do not make that part clear with it Jill. didn't feel it didn't feel very romantic to me it really felt like big brother little sister kind of thing to me and uh but i did the same thing i was like i don't know who this is and so i had to use the active time lore to to find out and i was like oh yeah they didn't say any of that but uh but again that's just one of those things like if you thought as you were playing this demo that she was his sister it wouldn't have been a wrong interpretation of of you know that she was a ward from different from a different nation yeah, the, I thought she was their sister because of the way she's dressed, the way she looks, all that yeah. stuff. And then it was the scene where they're standing by the moonlight and he starts yeah. to put his arm around her and then hesitates for a minute. And right. it's just like, my lady. I was like, okay, I just got to know. <laughs> is this right. like, like, how does she fit into this? Because I've not heard anyone mention it and I'm a little confused at the moment. So, um, so it, it is handy having that kind of, uh, information in and i do like that system i also like that you can see the potions and items uh as you're running yeah. around places but you don't have to actively hit x or anything you just run oh. over it and you collect it i don't like that you automatically collect it what? And then it's so much you- better. No, no 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 let me finish let me finish i like that you automatically collect it i don't like having to go up and hit x on everything but what i don't like is that if you're full if your inventory is full of that item, instead of leaving it, it automatically uses it. So you can't like come back later to get it or it will not just leave it if you're at full health. It'll still just use that potion as opposed to uh, just not uh, just letting it sit until your inventory is full or is not full anymore. So that's that was my one irritation at it, because like in the village with the goblins, I would uh, just run by. I never used any potions and I would just run by and they would just use them over and over again. I'm like, well, so hopefully I won't run out later and need to come back. So later in the game, I can see that being a a problem for old run and chug like me. Okay, like I like that you collect them, but I would say I, I, I agree. I don't like that you just use them instantly, but also as opposed to a game where you open them and then you have too many and the treasure chest just closes back up. Um, <laughs> like I, like I, I prefer this where you just use them instantly. That's fair. And I mean, I, I get it m- more than anything. I just don't like that. It is that they limit it, that they limit how many potions you can. Yeah. I don't like when, when games do that, 
point of reference here is Trinity Trigger, a game that came out earlier this year that I played. I've talked about on the podcast before. It does that where you, if you open a chest, then um, and but you already have too many, like you're carrying ten out of ten um, mega potions, then the chest mm. will just close back up. And if you're at full health, you can't use it, and you also can't discard it. So then you're like, oh crap, I'll have to come back here, especially because there's trophies tied to opening treasure oh. chests. Like it's well, really. That- it's, Trinity Trigger is a, an extremely flawed game that I'm happy to elaborate on at a future date. Um, but anyway, that's like, so I don't like that, but then also it it limits it, which is a thing that Final Fantasy 16 does here. So I like that it at least uses it up automatically yeah. when you collect it, as opposed to just the treasure chest closing back up. You have no options to discard or use it. And then it's like, you can't get this trophy because you forgot to return to this area <laughs> 20 hours later and slog through a three hour dungeon crawl to get back here. Like That's fair. I, I can totally understand from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, but yeah, overall just running around and grabbing gill and potions and whatever is out in the world as glittering uh, blue pieces. I love like that made it much easier to explore and much less tedious. Although yeah. this does have a slight uh, feel, at least in the initial part, and I think it's going to open up uh, a feel of running through corridors like Final Fantasy XIII did, that uh, it very much had a path that you were going to follow and not letting you really explore outside of that. But it was also setting up the story in a very cinematic narrative way. So I expect later on in the game, you're going to be able to explore these areas much more fully. I know the answer to this, but I have no comment at this time. You you and everyone listening will have to find out later on. Boo. So, okay, I, I have some questions to ask you about this that I'm, yeah. I'm legit interested in knowing your answers to. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to remind everyone that we have a little shameless self-promotion. Boop, 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 shameless. Do, 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 shameless. Do, 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 shameless. So, a reminder, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, you can find that at www.patreon.com. Wow, you did the www's. Wow. Oh, my God. You, you, this is 1997, everybody. Please go to http colon slash slash www. I did it as a joke. I thought it would catch more people's attention. And then about halfway through it, I forgot how many W's I'd said. <laughs> I was like, am I on the third W or the four W? But this is why There's you no don't do w. W's. Yeah. It is. I, double, 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 but, double, double, dot. Yeah. But anyway, it's at patreon.com slash dragon quest. Um, so if you want to support this podcast, uh, definitely check it out over there. Um, also wanted to mention really quickly that uh, this episode is sponsored by Liquid IV, which I know you guys have heard me talk about in a lot of past episodes, but uh, my wife and I drink it. We really love it. Um, It is super tasty and delicious, and it hydrates you like two times faster than normal water, which is nice if you get super dehydrated um, because you live in the super humid South Florida like I do, (laughs) where you step outside and you just instantly sweat out everything. Um, it's, it's ridiculously hot up here. like spongebob yeah it, it's it's really hot here today but anyway it also tastes great i really do uh love this and so the fine folks over at liquid iv were nice enough to give all of our listeners a discount code for it um so you can get 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com 
and use code DQFM at checkout. It's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration using promo code DQFM at liquidiv.com. So do it. Do it. Do it right now. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to mention is my next Dragon Quest book, which I know I mentioned like three years ago, and then I just got really busy doing other things. But it's at that point where um, I'm opening it up for other people to share their stories again. People really liked that last time, and I debated about doing it this time or not because I had some holdovers from last time, plus some. this one's more focused on like the people who worked on the games and things like that. Um, But went ahead and opened that up. Uh, like earlier uh, last week, I think it was. Uh, so you can head over to dragonquestaustin.com. It's the top post there, and you can see how to submit stuff if you would like to share your story. Um, keeping that open until the end of June, June 30th, because then I'll have to start compiling this stuff for that section of the book. So if you would like to share your Dragon Quest story, if you read the first book and liked it and thought, hey, I want to be in the next one, um, then please check that out over at dragonquestaustin.com. Uh, I mean, www.dragonquestaustin.com um, and uh, check it out. Yeah, do that. It's really cool. I can't wait to read this one. Uh, anyway, so getting back into over into the episode, um, which is surprisingly not about Dragon Quest today. Um, so I've, I've seen this criticism a whole, whole lot. I feel like I haven't, I don't really get on Twitter much these days. Um, but right. the, the like few times I've been on because of, of work, um, I have noticed that there's a lot of discourse right now with people debating about whether or not this feels like a Final Fantasy game. I see a lot of people saying, mm. this isn't a Final Fantasy game. And then a lot of people are quick to defend it and they're like, look, yes, this is a Final Fantasy game. And where do you land on that? Just having played the demo. I actually felt it. I actually thought that it felt a lot more like a Final Fantasy game than I expected it to. That when uh, seeing all of the footage and everything leading up to it, it didn't feel like a Final Fantasy game. It was, it felt like Stranger of Paradise, where it was something that they were slapping a Final Fantasy label onto uh, in order to get it to sell, and uh, which they've done in no- numerous times in the past. And this one, though, once I started playing it, it felt like a Final Fantasy game. It had that feeling of uh, a lived-in world. It felt almost like a mix of 12 and 15 in terms of just the the world feel. I don't know how to, like, the, the actual narrative term for that and world-building feel for that, but uh, it it did. It did, to me, it felt like a Final Fantasy game between the the crystals adding in the uh the the amount of summons that they've already added in and then just the the characterization immediately i felt like it it did it felt like a final fantasy game to me what about you here's my thing i feel like sometimes it's hard to gauge what feels like a final fantasy game because it they, so many entries are so different from others right um, so it's kind of like when you i think it was either even sakaguchi who was like it's all Final Fantasy. It's right. like it's like the meme of the astronaut like holding a gun to the other astronaut's head and looking at the globe, and they're like, "It's all Final Fantasy." And Sakaguchi is like, "Always has been." Um, <laughs> somebody needs to make that if that's not a meme already. But anyway, so it's it's kind of hard for me. I think for me though, it really like what is a Final Fantasy game for me always goes back to like that high fantasy ele- element. I think it probably for yeah. you too because we 
grew up in a time when a lot of most Final Fantasy games we were playing were more fantasy leaning. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy was my first Final Fantasy. So, I mean, the very first one and, you know, three and well, I guess two and three, but four and six were, you know, the ones I played. So, yeah, absolutely. And and we're used to seeing things like Chocobos and Moogles and Summons. And there's just I don't know, there's a lot that goes into it. And so I think for me, like it really did feel like a Final Fantasy game. And I'm if you don't think it feels that way, I'm not trying to knock on you. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But I really don't understand it for this game because I can I can get it for like, okay the combat. But 15 had action combat, too. This actually in terms of combat, this one feels closer to like the Kingdom Hearts combat than that I was expecting out of 15 than uh, than like other ones do. So like I know it's not like Kingdom Hearts, but that's kind of what I feel like just smashing the same button dodging around. That was kind of pressing a single button for uh magic that's what i felt like so it felt you know that within that same realm of of combat in final fantasy adjacent games that i've already played so that may go into it as well i don't understand the criticism that it doesn't feel like final fantasy the 15 was that game for me like you were four dudes dressed in black driving around in a convertible and the world i mean there were highways it looked like fallout to me and you're just running around interacting with these characters and a lot of the more Final Fantasy elements like the Empire and the Dragoon and stuff like that were things that were in just 16. Helped, no, no. In 15, they got, oh, okay. they got rushed at the, at the very end or very small oh. parts. And it just did 15 did not feel like a Final Fantasy game to me, even a little bit. I mean, yeah, I guess there were Chocobos, but it just like nothing about it felt like a Final Fantasy game. And I played it, played it all of it. I mean, I, I, I platinumed it. And, you know, I liked it fine for what it was. I I liked it fine for what it was, but it just didn't feel like a Final Fantasy game to me. And even even going back into 13, 13 had a similar issue where it was just like you're it's a very linear. You're running through this. You're interacting with a computer. There's not really NPCs or people to interact with much after the prologue. There's not a lot of of characters or a Final Fantasy feel to a lot of it, even though the enemies are you know recurring Final Fantasy enemies. Like even the the icons, um, or they, were they idolans? I think they were idolans in thirteen. I, in thirteen, um, I think they were idolans, idolans, yeah, and they're icons in this one. Because I thought they were idolans in this one as well until I booted this up. I'd forgotten which one they used. But even those in thirteen, they looked more like robots or something than like the summons we're used to. Yeah, and so like sixteen, in a lot of ways, feels like uh, a Final Fantasy game more than thirteen or, or especially fifteen did to me. And there's stuff like the summons and the, I mean, even the Dragoon that appears on the tower in the demo and jumps down at you and stuff. I mean, there's just so much happening in 16 that really does feel like a Final Fantasy game to me. And I I really don't get the criticism that it's not a Final Fantasy game because the only thing that I see that feels different is that, you know, you're controlling one person and it's action combat. But in terms of like the tone just the feel, everything that's going on feels like more like a Final Fantasy game to me than than most Final Fantasy games in the last like fifteen years have. Yeah, I mean, I will I will say I get the combat part. Like that was one of the big things. Like Fallon, uh, my friend Fallon and I were sitting watching sixteen videos, uh, probably 
it wasn't long after you told me about the Best Buy having the extra steel book whenever I went and uh, uh, pre-ordered that one instead of at Amazon. And we were watching videos on YouTube and it didn't feel like Final Fantasy. What we were watching really felt like I was watching gameplay from like Devil May Cry or some sort of Souls game. Uh, because it was dark and gritty and took itself very seriously and it was very uh, uh, dodgy. Uh, in terms of what the character was doing, uh, was dodging around. And then, but playing it and getting these cutscenes and characterization and what they've put in the world, all of it came together to feel like a Final Fantasy. And I did not expect it to. That, uh, and again, like you said, it may be because we have grown up and our established Final Fantasy is the high fantasy more uh, leaning toward the Western fantasy than like the sci-fi and stuff that was in 13 and even the modern urban fantasy that was in 15. But yeah, this one, this one really did feel like a final fantasy and I didn't expect it to. Uh, I guess that was why it surprised me that I liked it so much is because I really, really didn't expect to like this. And I thought I was going to hate play it when it came out later this month, but I, <laughs> I was, I found that I was really, uh, Jennifer went to a band practice last night and I was sitting around. I was like, I really just wish I had final fantasy 15 to continue playing or 16 to continue playing. It's like, this sucks. I don't want it to be in another like 10 days. I want it now. Well, and uh, it's, a, so it's was, a week. Yeah. There's only like, it comes out next Thursday. So from when we're recording this, you got yeah, eight days, so eight days. Not, eight not, days. not quite 10. You're not in the but double digits was, anymore. I was, I was like, man, I want to play it. And I couldn't. So that's a good sign for me. Cause I didn't think that 16 was going to be that way. I thought I was going to force myself through it just because it was a new Final Fantasy mainline game. That's kind of what I was expecting, yeah. I, I don't think it's any secret um, for anybody who's ever listened to many of these episodes that I've been very disappointed with Final Fantasy games for a long time now. And and yeah, that's what I was kind of expecting with 16, where I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it because it's Final Fantasy, which is why I did with 15, or I'm going to hate play it because it's Final Fantasy, like I did with se- seven, <laughs> seven remake, which I, seven remake was ended up being fine. But I'm still I really like liked seven remake as I was playing it, but I've had no desire to go back until yeah, I saw the, the the trailer for the uh, second one, and it's made me want to go back and play the 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 expansion. The DLC. Yeah, I'm just kind of like whatever with that, and so like with sixteen, I thought, okay, I'm either gonna play it because it's Final Fantasy or hate play it because it's Final Fantasy, mm. but I'm not gonna love it. And I ended up really loving it. Yeah, my only my only real complaint with the game is that it takes it does take itself way too seriously. And I'm hoping the the rest of the game at least has time for some jokes, which yeah. based on what I've heard, it does. So I'm I'm hopeful about that. But right. I don't this is this is Austin the dad talking and not Austin the guy who likes video oh, games. Oh yeah, talking. okay. This it I, is I'm very, not even a dad, but yeah, this is I have an issue with this too. The, the cursing is a little bit much to me. And I get it's M-rated. I knew what I was getting into, which is why I started playing it when the kids weren't in the room. But it does kind of suck because it's on the PS5 and it's not just a game I can play on Switch or hide from them. Yep. And so my time with the game is going to be very limited because, I mean, there's like a ton of F-bombs and other things in this game. Just so right out the many. Game. Yeah. And, and part of me is like, okay... I get it, whatever. But then the other part of me, even before I was a dad, um, I feel like a lot of times there's people's solution to like be like, look, we're gritty, is to just throw a bunch of curse words um, right. into things. 
like prime example of this would be what's it called cuckoo's calling the jk rowling book that she wrote I never like, read years ago those, yeah. yeah it was like look it's an adult book and it was like it wasn't really it was i mean it was still her harry potter tone but she just threw in a bunch of f words unnecessarily um to like overcompensate and be like look it, i write for adults now and i feel like it's a lot of times it comes across more as like you're not not confident in your writing because like you can show me an adult novel you don't have to just whereas right. like stringing together like seven f-bombs in the first like 20 minutes of the game just to be like look we're adult final fantasy doesn't come across as really good writing to me it comes across as like you trying too hard like um, like another example would be like i dated this girl who was in an art school and like all those drama kids like thought they were being cool and edgy because they picked like selections one time I went to watch her do like this performance and they all had selections that they were performing from. And so they all picked like the, the ones with like the most cursing in it because it's edgy and look, we're serious actors. And that's kind of like the vibe that I'm getting from some of the dialogue here with this, where I just don't buy it at all. And there was, there was only one time. Okay. So, so I'm the same way that I feel like you can tell a mature story and have mature content without having to, to resort to the shorthand of swearing and profanity uh, to, to relay that uh, for people. And I don't like get offended by it, but it's one of those things where, I mean, I've got a, a terribly, terribly vulgar mouth. Like I, 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 I curse way too much. And, <laughs> But in a game like this, it feels like it's just too much too soon. It's and trying like, too hard. These situations, there was one situation in this in this demo where they just all of a sudden somebody was was something happened. It was almost a jump scare kind of situation. And the old ah hmm. and it was like yeah, that's where you do it. Like that, that's, that's definitely what you would scream at that point. Uh, and there are a couple more, but it's like as a video game, it's like as a mainline Final Fantasy video game. I think that's what, what irritated me about it is that it's one of the main lines. And so people will pick this up because they've been able to play, you know, 15 of them that have not been full of profanity to have one that while it may have had tones, while it may have had uh, narrative beats, it may have had all sorts of mature content that the language is one of those things that can make them not play it around their families or at certain times. And it's, I just think it was a bad decision that uh, I, I think at the very most it uh, should be, if you're going to use it, you should use it sparingly so that it has an effect as opposed to, yep, it's just like they're dropping the F-bomb. Of course they are. Or or if that's how, like, like the thing, I guess, for me is that I'm not sold on that that's how those people would talk necessarily. Okay. Yeah, and a I lot get that. Of, like, like, again, I'm not offended by it at all. <laughs> Anybody yeah. who knows me understands. I'm not offended by this at all. But, like, I guess an example is like like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Those are those are usually full of profanity. But yeah. you watch you watch a movie like Pulp Fiction and it's like you see a character like Vincent Vega and you're like, <laughs> "Okay, yeah, that's how that guy would talk." Like that's how yeah. this inner city gangster thug who works for this, you know, other gangster like that's how John Travolta's character would talk. It makes sense. Whereas like with Final Fantasy 16 and and, you know, going back to those art school kids, it doesn't feel authentic. 
it feels more like, hey, we're we're doing this for the sake of it. We're showing we're edgy. It's kind of yeah. like when it's it's kind of like when you're when you're eight years old and you learn a curse word for the first time and you go and whisper it to like all your yeah. friends a bunch because it makes you feel cooler and more grown up because you know right. this word. That's what Final Fantasy 16 feels like it's doing here is that it's that it's that kid in second grade who heard a four letter <laughs> word from his mommy and shows up at school the next day and is like, guys, guess what word I just heard. <laughs> And like, I I think that's really the, the analogy here is that it just doesn't feel very authentic and it feels more like trying too hard. Um, But again, this is all just based on the demo. Maybe in the the bigger world, it starts working for it. Um, Overall, I'm very impressed with the demo, very excited for the game to come out next week. I think it's safe to say that we'll probably do some episodes on FF 16 just because DQ news is slow. Still going to talk about Dragon Quest, of course. I mean, we're DQFM, but kind of like what we did with Xenoblade 3 last year, where that was like a big game we were both playing excited to play. So we covered it a yeah. bit in a few episodes. But then we have Infinity Strash coming out in September. So there are new Dragon Questy things on the horizon. And BJ's back, by the way. Yeah. We didn't make a big deal about I... that, but you're back post surgery. So that's been nice. Yeah. Still recovering, still. Uh... Still have foam in my nose, so uh, we'll see. I've got about forty percent more air uh, that I'm waiting on, but I can I can breathe out of the left side of my nostril, my left side of my nose, my left nostril for the first time in like fifteen years. So that's cool. Yeah, that's always good. If you would like to talk to me and old foam nose here, uh, yeah. remember you can find us on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM, uh, over on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Dragon Quest FM, and uh, my Twitter handle is at Dragon Quested. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. Uh, you can talk to us on Discord at discord.geekmedia.com. And like you said before, uh, we have a Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash FM. And if you would like to support the podcast even further than that, you can try some Liquid IV at liquidiv.com and use the code DragonQuest. Nope, you can use the code DQFM uh, at checkout. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.